The community is a combination of working parts, like almost like a gear turning, you mm -hmm. know? So everything works synergistically, and I feel like each component is so vital mm. to the other part working. It's the first year. It's like I just was dying for people to really like take on to it. Um, but then after we hosted the first event, and then events thereafter, I noticed an uptick. And I think part of that goes back to psychological safety. If people know each other and start to learn who each other are and start to feel safe inside of a community, uh -huh. they're gonna feel so much more welcome and invited to post and share their thoughts. So if you can make people feel comfortable and they start to know each other and they have a confidence that other people, someone will chime in because they know people, I think that drives engagement too. So I really think the events really springboarded the action in the wow. Welcome to another episode of The Think Pod. My name is Jared Dykus. Just wanted to let you guys know about an event that we are doing May 17th and May 18th here in Millersville, Maryland. If you cannot make it to Millersville, Maryland, we are doing this event virtually, and this virtual event and in person is called Quantum Leap, which is basically Gary Keller's autobiography of how he built a billion-dollar empire, and this class will be taught by none other than John Newman, the godfather of real estate. This is an event that you do not want to miss out on. Forget about listings for a second. Forget about buyers for a second or inbound leads. This is going to allow you to look within yourself, your business, and how you can get to the next level using the systems, tools, and models that Gary Keller has already laid out for the real estate industry. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the ThinkPod where thoughts have no limits. My name is Jared Dykus. I'm the host here today with a very, very special guest, an OG inside of our community, Colleen Rippey. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me and inviting me. I'm excited. I'm very excited myself. Um, so I know we haven't spoken, you know, like in depth in uh, pretty, pretty much a couple of years. Um, and I would love to kind of start this off by getting a little bit caught up on what your day to day looks like right now. I'm obviously aware of real producers and everything that you're doing inside of that community. I'm, I'm really excited to dive into like the community building aspect that you've obviously have brought to the real estate industry and everything that you are skilled with inside of that. But I kind of wanted to take a step back before that and, and just point blank ask, you know, what has the past 72 hours looked like for you in terms of maybe a, a work, you know, schedule or, you know, what is, what is it that has been keeping you up late at night or making you wake up early in the morning? Like what have, what have you been really working on? Great question. Um, and my, my executive assistant is here behind me right now and she probably will smile thinking, oh, what's keeping you up late? Because funny enough, within the last 72 hours, we had one of our monthly magazine deadlines. Mm -hmm. So even after doing Real Producers for mm -hmm. now five years, um, sometimes I still find myself mm -hmm. up till midnight, which is the actual like cutoff deadline to submit like all the content and all the photos, everything for the next upcoming issue. We work like two months in advance, so it was wow. for the June issue. So there are some months we're like way ahead of the game, but because like to your question, like what's going on now, it's it's a unique time in a good way. It's a, it's a time of like, I think I texted you earlier, short-term pain, long-term mm -hmm. gain, because when you have to take a step back to grow your team, 
and that means you have to pour into them and spend significant time training them. It's kind of like taking a step back to take two steps forward just because it takes a disproportionate amount of your time and energy mm. to teach somebody. Um, and I'm certainly not complaining because it's going really well so far. Deja, for example, our new executive assistant just started last week. That's awesome. So she's hot off the press and she's starting to pick up things. But just the day in the life right now, it really kind of ramped up because truthfully, I didn't realize how much dead time I had mm -hmm. until now that I have somebody that is in a sense holding me accountable. <laughs> to your calendar or objectives or? Basically like, yeah, to my calendar, to staying in my lane because I'm used to doing everything and a million things that I'm not, mm -hmm. quote unquote, not supposed to do, mm -hmm. but things that. You wear many hats, right? Yeah, well, and, I've, and I have been doing that for a really long time. Um, too long. <laughs> so hence bringing on somebody who can start to take some things off of my plate has been huge, but I'm also finding a struggle with letting go. Mm. I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through that, that growth phase of like, not that I've never had anyone on my team, but I have played it safe in a sense that I've always had independent contractors kind of not completely full time. Yeah. So this is the first full time employee I've ever brought on. So it was kind of like, it was a big step. It Definitely. Was a, like, it was a big step. I was like, oh, I feel like a big girl now. Definitely. So, <laughs> so it's gotten just a little crazy okay. lately, um, just in the last, obviously, just week and a half bringing on someone. But it's, it's, a, it's a good feeling because I feel like there's, not that, like, there's hope, not that I was like in a dismal place, but it's like, okay, like, I, I can look out to the horizon and see how much opportunity is there when suddenly I'm freed up to mm. focus on my strengths which I hadn't previously been able to do for a long time. And what is that that you're looking to lean into more of? Can you shed some light a little bit about real producers in itself? And because I, I, it sounds like way more than just a real estate magazine. It sounds like a network, a community. Can you shed some light on what it is that you're leaning into inside of that space right now? Yeah, absolutely. So just for anybody who may be listening, the, the two people who tune into my interview that, mm -hmm. that know me, I'm kidding. Um, that's not a knock against the show, by the way. It's just <laughs> what the, the heck, Colleen? Colleen, who's that? <laughs> um, so just a step back, kind of a what Real Producers is. Um, we launched literally five years ago, back in like March of 2017. And kind of the three main facets, I guess, that comprise the community itself include the monthly magazine, which mm -hmm. comes out in print and digital. That's the deadline we had last night for the June issue um, as number one. Number two, we host regular events for the community mm -hmm. because the magazine's one way to bring the community together by just sharing stories, which, of course, teach people and offer insights. Mm -hmm. And um, But then the events actually bring people together face-to-face -face in the community. Mm -hmm. And when I say bring people together, specifically our niche, like who we focus on with our community, is the top 500 producing real estate agents. And that's measured by a blended total of closed volume and units okay. that I have somebody a lot smarter than me actually pull <laughs> every year. <laughs> and it reassesses annually. Cool. Um, so that's who the core community is. And then of course we have what we call preferred partners, which are mm. all the affiliated businesses in real estate, like lenders, title companies, home inspectors, stagers, everybody who supports the industry. They are our partners, which really basically means that they sponsor the magazine and our events. And the final piece of it is um, our online community, which is really as simple as a private Facebook group. Well, wow. And fortunately, I can't even take credit for it because I think it kind of happened organically. 
it really just took off and it's a really active Facebook group because mm-hmm. we're all we're all a part of a lot of Facebook groups. You know how there's some that are just dead? Yeah. They don't offer value. Nobody posts. So they kind of just, you know, fall off into the ether. But um, fortunately, this is a really engaged group. Um, so it's kind of come full circle. So that it started as just a magazine. We started incorporating events because we wanted people to get together face to face and build relationships with each other because that's like at the foundation, I think, of of the whole community mm-hmm. is the value of the relationships, not just between our partners and the realtors who of course want to meet realtors to earn their referrals and their business, but also between the realtors and the other realtors. And you guys see that all the time because I know you're interviewing other agents and there's so much that you can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So simply by creating space for these agents to come together and it's a high caliber group at that, um, just so much value is created and I'm just kind of choreographing it. And I don't have to be the purveyor of wisdom. I'm just creating space for the crowdsourced wisdom to emerge. <laughs> that is a uh, great way of putting things. And I'm, I'm curious because I, I knew your background before was in Cutco, right? Like, yeah. So you were familiar, obviously, with the real estate industry for a while now. What inspired you to really embrace this industry to this level that you're at at, at this point, would you say? Like, what excites you about the real estate industry? Yeah, great question. It's kind of cool. Like, I just really fell into it, and I'm glad I did. And I think some of the most serendipitous things that are meant to happen feel like you fell into it, even mm-hmm. though it was probably there was more intention behind it that was unconscious. But with Cutco, it kind of like parlayed right into it. But because with Cutco, I started Cutco, for anyone listening, it's really high caliber knives, mm-hmm. <laughs> really good knives. And of course, you'd imagine, okay, kitchen knives, you're selling Mr. and Mrs. Jones in their kitchen, like you're, you're going to people's homes. That is exactly how I started. But then I noticed after selling to a lot of different people of a lot of different backgrounds and different uh, professions, mm-hmm. every time I would encounter a realtor, I'd start to notice a trend and they'd be like, hey, can I get like 10 of these? True. And can I like engrave it with my logo? And we got enough of those questions that it was like, hey, there's something to this. So, and I can't take full credit. There were other people who kind of were looking into it as like a whole program of focusing just on realtors and business gifts. Uh So that's when I shifted my whole business. It took a year, it was 2012 to shift. And then starting in 2013, my entire energy every day was not going to Mr. and Mrs. Jones's house Mm -hmm. and getting referrals and going to see consumers. It changed more to like a B to B where exactly. I was marketing to real estate offices like the one we're sitting in right now mm-hmm. and presenting at one of their meetings mm-hmm. and selling them gifts for their clients. And then that led to real producers, honestly. One of the major things that kind of light bulb went off for me was like, okay, so I'm a vendor and I'm trying to get the attention of my target market, which mm-hmm. is realtors. And constantly was trying to figure out the most efficient and effective way to reach them, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And you learn and you grow. And an office like this was honestly some of the best business that I ever did. But still, generally speaking, Keller Williams aside, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased, they just have a really good training and culture. So good people show up to the meetings. But a lot of brokerages, I'd show up to their sales meetings and it would be like, you know, I don't want to like put anybody under the bus, like, or be ageist or something but it'd be like you know like 10 people 100 years old who maybe sold two deals that year you know and it's like not that that's bad but from my perspective it's like okay how do i get in front of the real rainmakers Mm. who are like making it happen the movers and shakers in the industry like where are they yeah and they were virtually inaccessible 
unless you know you happen to bump into somebody at an event i still did sporadically but not at scale Mm. so the concept of creating a community to give me a direct line to reach the people i really wanted to reach which would be defined as the top producers in the in the industry Mm -hmm. that that's where i got excited about the concept because of course it has to be monetized somehow yeah so it's like if i would be willing to pay for that and i just sell knives I can't imagine all the lenders and title companies and movers and staters and insurance companies that would want the same access. So, uh, wow. Like I, that just shows such a holistic view of real producers and your mindset, um, going into it. And it's very entrepreneurial. Like I, so much props and credit to everything that you've built. Um, I'm curious though, because the distribution network of realtors, because of all the ancillary businesses that are on the side, like you mentioned, title companies, home improvement companies, that definitely makes it an interesting space for sure. But I'm curious, bringing it back to that Facebook group that has all this engagement, do you think that if it wasn't for those in-person events that it would have the same amount of engagement or... Do you feel like that engagement is just happening just naturally because of how amazing the community is? If the, if it's the second one, then then how did you get the community that amazing is my next question. Great question. My initial thought is like, wow, it's impossible to rewind time and remove that element and see what would have happened. Exactly. However, if I were to just, my gut says that it's, and this is honestly what I pitch to potential advertisers too, is that the community is a combination of working parts, like almost like a gear turning, you Mm -hmm. know? So everything works synergistically. And I feel like each component is so vital Mm. to the other part working. So for example, like if I were to look back in time and look at the trends in terms of like the Facebook group engagement, I remember like every time someone posted, I'd be like, oh my God, yay. Because it was like, you know, this is very in the beginning, the first year. Yeah. It was like, I just was dying for people to really like take on to it. Um, but then after we hosted the first event and then events thereafter, I noticed an uptick. And I think part of that goes back to psychological safety. If people know each other and start to learn who each other are and start to feel safe inside of a community, uh-huh. they're going to feel so much more welcome and invited to post and share their thoughts. Because I think a lot of the reason that some groups don't do well, not that some groups don't do well, I should bring it back to the, like, bring it small. The reason that an individual person may not want to post, uh-huh. it comes down to being self-conscious that they're going to look stupid, that their question's going to be dumb, that nobody's going to comment, right? It's all fear. Yeah. So if you can make people feel comfortable and they start to know each other and they have a confidence that other people, someone will chime in because they know people, I think that drives engagement too. So I really think the events really springboarded the action in the wow. group. So, and, and the events allowed people to connect on a higher level, obviously, which yeah. is what made them comfortable to post there in, in, in the first place. Yeah, like who wants to post in a group of all strangers? Some people do, but it's a smaller percentage. It's almost like, it's almost like being in a room with people and you know they ask you a question from the stage, like the number of people that are gonna raise their hand and volunteer information, whatever that is, is small, unless it's a community that's gotten together multiple times, multiple times. And then all of a sudden they're all friends, they all have relationships. So then 
the, the engagement just blossoms. Well, how was that first networking event? You know, you obviously had to start somewhere. Yeah. Was that just a major success? And be honest, like if yeah. it was, then, you know, talk about it. But like, was that literally just the rocket ship that took everything to another level? So I'm very self-critical. I poke everything apart, especially <laughs> when it comes to events. And it's, it's still today something that gives me a lot of anxiety because I'm so anal about all the details. So if I were to look back at the first event, Part of me would say, of course, it's a, it's a success because it was the first event and it did what it intended to do. It brought people together. But if I were to use the lens that I use today mm -hmm. and I look back and do even a side by side and one of the agents actually commented this and reinforced what I already kind of knew. I think it was Jeanette Westcott, who's another KW agent. Yeah. She was like, it's amazing to see. She said this at the event, the same event the next year. It was at the same venue around the same time of year. It was at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. We've done events there every year. Uh -huh. Jeff, you've been there. Um, and we've done events there for a really long time. And so she had an exact side-by-side -side of here's the launch party, which she came to, and then she came a year later. And even that difference, she was like, wow, it's amazing to see how much things have changed over the year. And the example she used, she's like, the first time, it wasn't that it was bad. It's just she, she consciously noticed that everybody was staying in little clusters. Uh -huh. You know, it's like going to a high school dance, right? Yeah, and yeah. People are going to go and talk to the people they know. And people still do that to a degree, always, everywhere. But it was a little bit more, um, it stood out a little bit more. Like people were standing in small groups just with the people they knew and not like necessarily mingling interchangeably yeah. with each other or feeling comfortable enough to approach someone they didn't know. So I think the biggest difference was to the next event and then you can imagine it's just kind of multiplied exponentially from there each event it starts to kind of blend a little bit more because they people start to see familiar faces it's not to say it doesn't change ever because we yeah. have new members every year people leave the industry yeah people leave the industry people fall off the top 500 new people it's about 30 25 percent or so fall yeah. off and fall on every year but it's cool because the new people are walking in to something that that feels a little more comfortable, yeah. I think, because that foundation's been created. Um, and of course they have to warm up too, because my goal is to make it not clicky, you know? <laughs> Which is hard when everyone's hard. in a brokerage, right? It is hard, yeah. And it's not that it's not gonna, I can't control it to a degree, because even when I go into an event, I'm always gonna gravitate to somebody I know, because exactly. that's my social anxiety, like I'm like, all right, I'm not just gonna walk in and be like, hi, I'm Colleen, you know, I'm just like, yeah. all right, scanning, who do I know, who do I know? Okay, go to them. But then of course, like once you get a little drink in you, you gotta <laughs> calm it down a little bit, and then, okay, now I can like mingle a little bit. But yeah, but I, th I think I've seen the original question, how was the first event? I think great, but of course, as you'd expect at the first event, everyone was just kind of like, oh, this is new. It just it didn't have the same energy, I think that later events did. So the energy was different, but even the number of people turnout, was that doubt was so that different as well turnout or? has gone up but it, i was still happy um i think we had like 175 or something like your that. first event yeah wow first, it was our launch party it was in may um what year was this 2017 wow and then now that same event has close to 400 <sighs> so it's it's gone up a lot um i was also being conservative because like the events also cost a lot and i didn't have the leverage yet to ask for like the sponsorship dollars that I do now. So yeah. I don't even know if I could have accommodated 400 anyway. But I also noticed that the early event, most of the people there I worked with with Cutco. Like they were my like diehard Cutco fans. Wow. So that really also beautiful. helped because they already, like I kind of had a leg up in a way because I came into this already having some relationships, a lot of relationships. And then it just kind of grew from there. And a lot of the agents I knew 
were great agents who were in the group. So you talk about great agents and innovative agents, like the top shakers and producers, like the people who are doing everything inside the industry. How were you able to connect with those people? Like, was it Cutco or like, how were you connecting with the top realtors and not just the average Betty lunch buckets? <laughs> I like that term. So you mean after real producers or before? Like before how real producers launched or whenever that happened, how, what, did you just use your prior Cutco connections to leverage that new community or was there any outbound strategy where you were just taking realtors out for you know coffee or something or drinks and then yeah. you're just networking on a more grassroots level like how was it that you got in with the top producers yeah great question so uh, some of them i knew from cutco but yeah there was a lot that i didn't because mm -hmm. like i said i didn't have access to them so there were a lot of new people so part of my approach was during we call it in the in real producers now and by the way, there's like 150 real producers now across uh -huh. the country, just in case anyone's listening, like not the only one. So for all franchises now, when, when they launch, they call it ramp up. And there's a cert there's certain things that are now just like by the playbook. You know, when I started, there was no playbook, but it made sense to me to meet, like you said, grassroots level. I booked, like my week was full with a combination of potential partners. So those were like vendors. And I had relationships with them too, some, because I would be marketing alongside them with Cutco. Yeah. You know, like I remember Rachel Oslin was one of the early ones who signed on. At the time she was pillar to post, now she's Lodestar. Uh -huh. She's still diehard today, part of it. Ryan Paquin was another one. So there were people I had met. So I met a combination of like vendors, potential partners, and real estate agents on a weekly basis. That was like most of my calendar. And yeah, I would take him to lunch, just go to coffee, wherever, meet him in person. That was before Zoom uh -huh. really became a thing. I probably would do Zoom now and more efficient. But, um, and they were so easy to meet with now. Before with Cutco, it was hard to get a meeting because it's like, what's the approach, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. hey, I want to sell you knives. Trying to give me your time? Like, <laughs> that was never what I said. But you know, that's the vibe. It's like, I'm trying to tell you. But with real producers, even though it was unproven and like nobody knew, it was still something interesting enough where I was give like providing something to them because I would get the meeting by saying like, Hey, I'm launching this, this real estate magazine. I'd love your feedback. And also like potentially I'd love to kind of get to know your story. We might want to feature it in the magazine. So of course, you know, how realtors are they're like, Oh, okay. Exactly. Be I'll take that <laughs> meeting. So there were some people who didn't meet with me and that's fine. Uh -huh. Um, because it, they didn't know who I was and they probably thought it was some sort of pay to play, which it's yeah. not, we don't charge anything for our stories. But a lot of them did meet with me, and that was like the best foot in the door to just go through, talk to them about what we're creating. And, you know, I didn't have anything to sell them per se, but we are monetizing their attention. So I just wanted their buy in that they thought it was a good idea and that they would participate. Like, you know, can, can you be a part of this Facebook group? Mm -hmm. This is after I had the top 500 list, of course, because yeah. I would know who I was targeting. But, like, I'm going to, you know, join this group. I'm going to send out event invites. You know, it's just like, to make sure I built a presence in in the market um, to give them a reason to engage outside of just, you know, they want to be a part of the community with the other agents, which it kind of grew to now. But Colin, you mind bringing that microphone just a little bit closer to you? You can actually yeah. move it a little Sorry, bit Sorry, thanks. Here. Has it been bad for a while? No, oh, it's I okay. Turn it this way. We have to okay. redo it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. Start yeah, over. The whole thing. <laughs> hey, guys, welcome. <laughs> um, awesome. Is it good now? Is okay, it cool. good, Jeff? 
So um, thank you for sharing all of the, that insight on, on real producers. What I wanted to do now is just walk you through some scenarios, I like to call them. Okay. Um, I think some of this is going to be interesting, especially hearing your narrative of real producers now and where it's going and where it started from in your relationship to the real estate industry. Um, but my first question is, would you rather have, and if this doesn't make sense, just tell me the questions don't make sense, by the way, okay, like okay. in relation okay. to real producers or whatever I may ask. A thousand new real estate agents subscribe to real producers or three top producing real estate agents who might not even be in the Maryland area, but we're on the million dollar listing added to the network. So again, a thousand new agents subscribing to the, the, mag the magazine or just three of the most influential realtors subscribing to the magazine and partnering with you to share stories and whatnot. Mm. So a thousand customers or, or three collaborations, if you yeah. want to look at it that way. I think the collaborations would be more valuable. And the, and the only reason I say that too is just because with the real producers model, since I'm not really selling realtors mm -hmm. and since the point of it working the way it does is that it's somewhat exclusive for the top 500. Mm -hmm. There are actually a lot of agents out there that would love to be a part of the community, but we not respectfully decline, like, sorry, we, we do give them access to the magazine digitally and, yeah. and uh, but I actually think it's a positive thing to say like, hey, it's, it's for this group, but like, would love to have you on, like, what are your numbers so far this year? So, because um, it is based on their actual production. Yeah. So the first one, I guess wouldn't really apply because a thousand new agents, I would rather not do that because yeah. then it would not in my, like dilute the community. Like it's, it's not, but you know, that could happen over Definitely. time. Like it's like, we want to keep it somewhat exclusive to that top echelon, but the three influencers, you know, I'm always looking for great insight to add to like our mastermind events. Like we talked about the launch party. We do like social stuff, but we also do, mastermind events we have our first in-person one since 2020 coming up actually in May, that? May 18th awesome yeah so it's it's on it's called rich agent poor agent mm. so it's gonna be really good it's about like money mindset your relationship with money it's it's one of those topics I think it's, it's getting a lot of interest we have a lot of RSVPs but it's like really important for this industry especially yeah. to talk about that but but anyway so I would love to have those connections because that would be just a great speaker even exactly. or someone to enroll in the community i think that would actually be really cool and give us also a lot of like leverage and publicity no absolutely yeah. i yeah. think influencers or anyone to add to that um platform that you already have is just going to maximize it you know even more yeah yeah um so what if this what if literally the government was like all right here's a blank check for an all exclusive inclusive three-day event anywhere on the east coast so that's your only limitations we're east coast here okay anywhere in the east coast three-day event what would this mastermind or or event look like for mm. real producers and where would it be i've had a lot of people request to do a real producers cruise i don't no way <laughs> that just tells that. you a lot about realtors they're always looking to go that, on vacation they, they just want to drink and be on a boat which i can't blame <laughs> them for that i mean i would love that too Cruises are weird though. Sometimes you're like stuck on this boat. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, my first thought is like Florida because mm -hmm. who the hell wants to be anywhere that's not warm? I guess if it was in the in the summer, mm -hmm. there's a lot more open. But 
still we just came out of winter and i'm like so over it here so yeah. i'm like all right let's do this in florida um and good question in terms of i never really thought about like what we would talk about i would probably spend a lot of time crowdsourcing from the community like what types of things mm. we should talk about because even though in my role i interact with a lot of agents and we're telling their stories and mm -hmm. stuff i'm still one step removed because i'm not I, you know i'm not like boots on the ground with being a realtor and knowing what that day-to-day -day looks like um so I, w I usually get a lot of ideas on what even the small mastermind that we're doing on the 18th that's just a half day mm -hmm. um you know i get the ideas from the community so i would probably spend a lot of time learning what we should really talk about and just reflect that and have a lot of interaction that's a huge difference i think in our events um is i make sure they're extremely interactive mm -hmm. instead of just a sage from the stage you know giving us giving a speech or even a panel nothing wrong with those events and we have elements of that in our event but we make sure we balance it with a lot of small group breakouts yeah so that like if we're bringing the top 500 agents together how much value are people going to get if they all show up listen to one person or an exactly. expert and leave so um we would make sure that that three-day event just like all of our events is well balanced with a lot of like proactive connection mm -hmm. through the activities that we do not just hoping that it happens on a break or in networking time I see you really as an orchestrator like when you as you continue to like you know talk about this like I can tell that you're curating a lot you know from the community and I mean that in a positive way because you're just giving you know the community what they want and you're orchestrating it all I'm curious if you had to start all over like for some reason everything like you woke up one day and it was five years before yeah with everything that you know about this industry with none of the connections would you become a real estate agent or would you do something differently i don't if think, you had to yeah i don't think i would um because a lot of people you know i love that answer by <laughs> the way when i was with cutco everybody that's trying to recruit me and I don't mean that like everybody wanted me I mean just like they try and recruit anybody who, yeah. like I had a good pitch and I was good at what I did so naturally, naturally they're like okay yeah. if you sell knives like how much you make like do you know oh how much you can God. make if you turn those knives into houses you know exactly like, I get it I totally get it um yeah the commissions would be higher l l more you know obviously it's more transactions with the cut co but um but what I don't want and this is you know what I see is the burnout mm -hmm. the working all hours a night, being at the consumer's beck and call. Yep. Um, even if you can grow it to a point where you have other, somebody's still dealing with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, and then if, if they go away, it's back on you. So I'm like, I just, like I, in my role, even though I'm real estate adjacent, I'm in this yes. industry, but I'm not a realtor, my day pretty much ends at five. Nobody's bothering me. Like what emergencies are happening? Yeah. Nothing. Weekends, nothing. Like mm -hmm. there is nothing that anyone is urgently in need of me for, which, I think it's kind of a blessing and I'm like, definitely. I wouldn't want to change that. Even though, even if the opportunities, there's so many things we can do to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, as I get older, I'm like, that's just not the priority anymore is how much money can I make? Exactly. Because I'll be miserable. Like, I know that I wouldn't like it. And that's not a knock against realtors no. because, uh, you know, honestly, God bless them. Like, <laughs> um, I'm impressed. And obviously I love them because they make my business go. Um, and somebody's got to do it. It's just not going to be me. <laughs> no, I, I love that response. Um, I think that's super authentic and true. Like, 
it is like a hustle and bustle sales grind that honestly is 24-7. Like, I just see it from even looking at Shaq and how much his phone rings or even when we interviewed Montez McCray like the other week, I was sitting here and he was getting like 19,000 phone calls like throughout the interview. I'm like, wow, like yeah. for all those inbound leads, that's amazing. You know, that's great money, this, that, the other thing, but it does come with a cost like you pointed out. Yeah. Um, if it was uh, up to you, what is one thing that you would change about the real estate industry, if anything? From your outside, not outside perspective, but your holistic view on the industry, if you could change one thing about the industry, what would it be? I think, well, the first thing that comes to mind ties into kind of what I'm trying to bring to the industry. Um, and it goes beyond just creating community. Um, there's a lot of that happening, and I think the more the merrier. Um, there's certain events like one of my favorite events that we hosted, which was the last one we did before COVID, it was February, 2020. So it was literally a month before everything freaking crashed. Yeah. Um, but we called it 2020 vision. It was, it's still today one of my favorites and I wanna recreate it. And the response was huge. And it was because it was an entire event that was dedicated to focusing on themselves uh -huh. as human beings, not business, because business comes from that. But I think like almost like a, a spiritual um, element, not spiritual in terms of like religious yeah. or God or whatever. It's like um, more heart centeredness, which is honestly a journey I'm on with them. It's not like I'm like this, you know, like yeah. Zen <laughs> person who's like got it, got it figured out yeah. by no means. But that's that's kind of who I'm following now, the types of like thought leaders and the types of people who um kind of operate from more of a, I guess we'd call it like feminine energy. Yeah. And just bringing that feminine energy to real estate because it's a heavy, mm, and when I say masculine energy, yeah. I don't mean like male, female, cause we mm -hmm. all have both, right? Mm -hmm. It's like sales, go, ego, rah, yeah. you know? And it's like- Production. Yeah. And even in some ways we unfortunately reinforce that cause the whole community is based on numbers, yeah. right? But it's like, if I can also balance it out with hosting events where and one time we even started an event with like a, a quick meditation. I'm like, that's awesome. Just infusing those types of elements. Um, that's the journey I'm on. And I'd love to bring other people with me because I, th I think that's, that's how we get to inner peace and, and the agents need it more than anyone because yeah. of what we just said, they're running around with like chicken with their head cut off, like trying to answer to everything. They're stressed out of their minds and they're trying to find that balance. So if they can come to our events and not be infused with more like rah rah, like exactly. chest pumping crap, it's like that's that's kind of what I think the industry needs more of. That's a great response. Like I, I can't tell you how much I believe that. It's part of the reason why we do Quantum Leap, where John teaches Quantum mm -hmm. Leap, and that has nothing to do really with business or getting listings. You know, in a in a seller's market, it's all about the internal. Um, and just a lot of things, serendipitous things went in my brain while you were talking about that. But I am curious, um, before we get into the next segment, uh, I, just one, one last scenario or, or question for you. If you could add any person to your org right now, like your team, mm. I know that you just got your new assistant. However, what would be the next player to this team, if anyone? 
Great question. So um, kind of what's next on the horizon is we're looking to open up a second market. Um, and the market that I'm interested in, because it also has like a personal thing for me emotionally, is like the beaches. So like down the ocean. <laughs> um, so figuring out what that looks like, what even we're going to call it. I don't know, something on the coast or whatever. Um, but there's no current real producers presence there. It would definitely be a smaller market instead of top 500. The other option is we can do top 300. Uh -huh. um, so with that in mind, like since I'm moving in the direction of launching that one, kind of my more urgent hire is so that again, I'm not wearing too many hats right out the gate. I want to make sure I keep you know, keep this house stable before I like launch a whole second one somewhere else and start from scratch. But um, is kind of someone who can be the face of that one. Because honestly, I don't really want it to be like the one here where I'm at the center of everything. Mm. Um, I kind of want to just slowly back into the bush like Homer, you know, like <laughs> 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 um, and, and be kind of behind the scenes. But still, I would like go to events and do things. But I'd want someone who's local there so that I don't have to, like I like being there, but I also yeah. want someone who lives there who's in touch with yeah. the people there. Ideally someone who's even already in the industry. Exactly. So that's kind of my next thing is looking for who that person might be. It may not happen right away because I can get it ramped up a little on my own, but I want to get that person in as soon as possible because that way, if it starts with me in that role, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to pull it back. Exactly. If they start in that role, I think it would be easier to sustain. So. So yeah, that's kind of who I'm looking for next. It's like more of a, a relationship person. So they'd be more of like a front facing personality instead of like a behind the scenes, like like an admin or an assistant. That's cool. And there's a ton of different ways that I'm sure you're already aware of uh, about how you can, you know, find talent like that. And I think that that's a great, so when you say beach, is that like Ocean City, Maryland? Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out. I think it'll be kind of like the Maryland and Delaware beaches. Oh, wow. Just because the area it's not dense enough to do like one or the other. Okay. And I think if, and this is what I need to actually talk to people who actually work there mm -hmm. because I want to get an idea of what would make sense in terms of like the territory. Yeah. Um, because me not being there, I just want to get a feel for like, okay, just cause you sell a home in like Bethany, are you also doing business in ocean city or are people just literally staying in their lane? Um, because it's That's kind of interesting. the same. I never thought about that. Yeah. Because I want there to be some crossover, but at the same time, someone could argue in real producers like, okay, we have people in Annapolis. Are they doing business in Bel Air? Probably not. So it doesn't, they don't all have to do business in the whole area. Yeah. But I want to make sure there's not like this big chasm between them and it wouldn't make sense for them to kind of have synergistic events. And maybe we just balance having some events in Delaware. So it's kind of confusing. I don't know any other real producers out of the 150 that are crossing state lines. Yeah, you guys are out expanding the real producers. It's awesome. Yeah. So. The fact that it crosses over into two states is kind of makes it interesting, but I feel like that's the only way we can make it a territory that's viable in terms mm -hmm. of having enough advertising businesses and having enough realtor count that it would kind of survive. But even thrive. like the, even if it was a less amount of people, just n like there's value in my opinion of joining the Baltimore real producers. If I know that this real producers is also connected to people down at the beach or wherever, Yeah, you know, there's a ton of different value from connecting networks like a spider web almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. But I do want to get into truth or trend. Okay. So this is the first time that we're testing this out. Oh, so I, like this it. Is, I like the if title. If this does not work, it's all your fault. All right, Colleen. All right. I'll take the blame. Okay. I'll fall on the sword for you. <laughs> Um, so the way this is going to work is I'm going to say one word or phrase and you're going to say whether that is a, a pure truth or it's a trend. 
And do I explain or just you do one ex- word? Yeah, okay, you, okay. Do, you do explain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, so life coaches, is there a truth inside of life coaches or is there, is that a trendy thing that you think maybe the past couple of years has really sparked, you know, up? can I say both? I guess mm-hmm. both in some ways, because I know there's a lot of people that probably, sh- who am I to say, but probably shouldn't be life coaches yeah, yeah, yeah. at this stage in their life, but good for them. If they're confident, sometimes confidence is all you need because honestly like if you're confident and more confident than the person you're coaching you can influence them and actually have an effect on them even Mm. if it's misplaced confidence you (laughs) know what i mean like even if it's like this yeah so to to some degree that but leaning more towards truth only because i've benefited so much from life coaches Mm -hmm. across my life uh working with one now who i love and who does an amazing job and um i get so much value it's kind of like a business coach but it you know again it transcends into life so i say truth awesome um self-help books truth or trend is there and i'm I'm sure i'm guessing you might say both for this because there's some books um that maybe are you know truths to you and then there's some other like fads what is your opinion on self-help books yeah like i'd love to draw a line on on these but i'm so like well i can see i'm like the queen of like can't say both I'm making rules. Right, can't, say can't, both. Say both. can't say both. Right, no, you, you know have to I'm pick one or the other. Yep. You know I'm going to say both every time. Everyone will. Yeah, that's true. All right, so I say truth. Just, again, because if I think of my personal experience, I've benefited so much from self-help books. There's never something, there's never a time that I haven't taken away something, even if I thought 90% was fluff, and I'm kind of mm. annoyed that I wasted my time. But I'm like, okay, I at least got something from this even if it was just reinforcing a mindset that i already had because sometimes hearing the same thing over and over again it takes like someone else's voice to make it click um i think the best books for me and this is just Mm -hmm. personal to me are less tactical because i'm not going to remember the step by step if it's like super tactical like i'm yeah like literally tomorrow i'll forget all of it Mm. if it's more based on like mindset to me that's what's valuable because that's something that sticks with me forever cool there's that awkward pause cool (laughs) cool door-to-door sales door-to-door sales will consumers still purchase things basically like 20 years from now door-to-door is that a truth like in the entirety of time will that happen people selling knives door-to-door or is Mm. that a trend Man, that's a tough one. Like part of me wants to say trend only because I'm, uh, my cut co friends would kill me because they're still actually doing well, but they, technically it's not door to door only because it's referral based. So they're going into people's homes, but they are referred and have an appointment. Okay. Set. But are you talking about like literally I'm talking knocking? hitting the, yeah. the, pa- the pavement. I admire that so much. I do think that I have no data on this. I just have a feeling it's become less successful over time realtors who actually do this may beg to differ and they see a lot of success because it is rare now and maybe it actually is somehow mm-hmm. more effective but to me it feels like it's become less effective because um i think of that one comedian's bit about when somebody rings the doorbell back Sebastian in the, Mask, yes Mask, yeah <laughs> when someone rings the doorbell back in the day it was like come on in <laughs> like here's some cake and then it now it's like everyone just ducks down like yeah. get down get down like who's there like everyone's scared lights go off they're like so that is just an example but it's based in reality like i'm like i don't want to answer the door when mm-hmm. people knock and it's 
not because I don't want to, well, yeah, I don't really want to be sold anything. And I don't know who that is. So part of me thinks trend because I think it's trending out because people don't want to be bothered, especially at their house. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Florida. I feel like I've never heard of Florida until after COVID happened, (laughs) especially with real estate agents taking vacations down there. Yeah. Is there truth in that state or is that just a trendy state for right now? I think, I do think it's a little trend, yeah. And I'm part of that trend mm-hmm. because I'm I like, <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, COVID made us all hate being here in the winter. We already hated the winter, but it wasn't as obvious as when we were like locked down in the winter. Mm. And then it just brought focus to the fact that we were cold and miserable and we couldn't even go out and like be with friends and drink and do things that previously would be able to numb us from the pain of the cold. So I think... I think it's a little bit trendy right now. And I think as things start to like, things are still exploding down there, but I think real estate's going to become sparse and I think it's going to like peak. And then I don't know, like, I don't know if anyone will ever stop wanting to retire somewhere warm and nice mm-hmm. like that. But I also think the sprawl is happening because I'm seeing the trends of like places like sh- Charleston mm-hmm. and a lot of places in Texas and places that are warm, but not quite like Florida yeah. and necessarily even coastal um, start to explode. So I think it'll just kind of start to move north is my thought. Interesting. I, I keep on hearing about Asheville. Yeah, me too. Isn't that weird? Yeah, like nobody ever talked about Asheville. I, and now I just keep hearing about it too. Yeah, like I, I'm about to like go there tomorrow just to find out and investigate. <laughs> yeah, like, what's I've never up been place. and I would love to see it. Yeah. It's I, in North South, I think North Carolina. One of those. But they should combine. I, I think they should combine North and South states. Just I know. North, it's just, just so one confusing. Carolina. I know. I can't keep track. Um, last one on truth or trend. Okay. Facebook groups. Well. Is there anything bigger than a Facebook group potentially? Mm. Like, is it just right now the trend or is there some actual truth in the platform that Meta has built for I mean, my hope is that it's truth, so I'm gonna say truth. I'm Mm -hmm. speaking that into existence because such a core piece of the Real Producers platform is built there. Mm -hmm. But going back to your first question, what keeps me up at night, not literally, but I do think about that a lot is like, I'm also right now depending on something that's out of my control to facilitate kind of one third of the value that we create. You know what I mean? If I think about it that way. And it doesn't mean that it couldn't migrate. So that's what I have to have trust and give myself confidence when I'm feeling like scared about change, right? It's like, okay, just trust that you will adapt and figure something else out because the community will move. They won't all move at once Mm -hmm. and not everyone will, but the people who are most engaged, who see the value in the community, of course, they're going to move wherever we go. It'll just take time to educate and get everybody switched. So I don't actually know of one that's better, but I also haven't really been researching because Uh to me it's like, not a problem needing to be solved. Not that I want to wait till it's like gone to do Mm -hmm. something, but kind of because right now it's thriving and there's nothing broken to be fixed. But I do think about what's the next space where people can come together as a community outside of Facebook, because besides groups, Mm -hmm. I can see the trends of Facebook usage seems to be kind of going down. I mean, TikTok is exploding and I mean, reels are doing good. Um, and I think more so maybe on Instagram, but they're also on Facebook. But my thinking is that like Facebook usage is going down, but fortunately our market with an average age of whatever, like 55, you know, Facebook is still going strong. I think it's just taking longer for them to age out of it. And 
that's like a demographic that's more like a slow to move. So you'll see it coming. You know, yeah. if, if people start saying things within your Facebook group, like, hey, have you heard about Schneebel.com? Oh, yeah, I'm on Schneebel too, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Everyone will go that's on to Schneebel. <laughs> Schneebel t- trademarked by Think, okay? Schneebel. <laughs> um, but exactly. yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting... I really wanted to ask you that because, um, I mean, even through meeting you at college, I think like you saw like a little bit of what we would do on Facebook groups and how yeah. that would em- embrace like community and whatnot. You obviously mastered it at the level that you're at now. And I think that it's brave for you to say that one third of the value comes from there. I don't look at that as a negative. I think that that's a positive thing because Facebook, you know, aside, what is that? It's a message board of people connecting with each other mm-hmm. And they can click on and see more about someone's profile. And, and that, in my opinion, brings some truth of, of how humans kind of work. Yeah, I agree. Um, but besides that, that, that's all I had to do for uh, tr- uh, truth or trend. I love um, it. There were some questions that I do have before we end this interview okay. that I'm kind of um, wanting to dive a little bit more into. So... If you had to pick real producers for another industry besides real estate, is there another industry that comes to mind when I say that? I've thought about nothing. It's funny. If there was a really good one, I probably would be doing it already Um, or at least exploring it. But I've kind of hit roadblocks along the way. So then I was like, ultimately was like, that's why I'm thinking of launching a second. Because Mm -hmm. once you have it streamlined, it's like, why wouldn't I just rinse and repeat versus trying to reinvent the wheel with the whole thing? But I have thought about, um, you know, for a second I was looking into doing a mortgage version, which is really just slightly adjacent mm-hmm. to what I'm already doing. But the roadblock there, I think there's a need for community with lenders because it's the same. They can mastermind and learn from each other, but they're for whatever reason less motivated to connect with each other. And it's a little bit more cutthroat than even with real estate agents. Yeah. You know, because I guess... Um, they don't interact with each other on every deal because you know they're only on one side of it versus like agents true, true, are on true, both true. sides and so they have to have relationships. It's actually beneficial for them to have relationships. They're just a little bit more kind of like competitive um, in a slightly negative sense sometimes with each other. Yeah. But it, I think we could change that. It's more so with lenders, the lack of potential advertising partners. You think about like, what are all the businesses that would want to market to them? We got like insurance, maybe title, yeah. and then other lenders. Like it would just become so that, and then Jill used to be in property management. Mm, So that's an interesting one. I think that one would actually, that actually one could work. Um, I mean, they have a whole association kind of like how we have real estate associations. And so there's a lot of industries that market to property management companies. Yeah. Um, So I think that could work. I just, Jill, it kind of got stopped too because I was like, wouldn't that be cool? And she's like, she's so over that industry because yeah. she, she got burned out by it and moved on. I mean, she was in it for years. She worked with Bazudo, She was their corporate trainer. Oh, and then, wow. Yeah, and then she um, worked with, she worked with a bunch of different companies Then she had her own consulting company in, in property management. And um, eventually she was just like, no, I'm done with this. I'm so done with this. So whenever I talk about it, she's like, you're on your own with that one. I'm like, Ugh. But it would it would be helpful with her connections, so yeah. I wouldn't do anything if she wasn't on board. I'm noticing a lot of um, p- 
property management people are getting into the real estate industry or at least like want to like yeah. i'm seeing that from indeed and and whatnot just people applying for different positions and they're like yeah i was a property manager and now i'm thinking about becoming a realtor or whatever the case may be yeah so that would be a really interesting one because both of the networks could kind of feed off of each other it's true i yeah. was i was kind of almost like hoping you were going to say like life insurance or something like financial advising mm. like have you ever thought of that no and honestly i don't i don't really know enough about it i don't either i yeah. was hoping you would that's why yeah. i was hoping you would say it yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know um it could be it's just like my i guess like gauge like what would be a good fit like okay is there a community that could be created um usually the answer is yes for that one but then of course the big question is to make it a business opportunity like okay are there enough potential advertisers enough diverse companies that would want to market to them and i don't know the answer to that that could yeah. be yes i just know so little about that field mm -hmm. <laughs> in fact i like stay clear of it as much as possible which is why we're hosting that mastermind on money because it's something that i hate to talk about but i need to talk about because it stresses me out and just like everybody else like we have a warped you know relationship with money so Absolutely. i don't know enough about that um to say but there's probably a lot of different industries, um, but every time I've thought about doing something different, one with our parent company, which is called N2, which is the company that like prints and distributes the magazine, and they are the franchisors. Uh -huh. um, you know, I almost, as much as I love being entrepreneurial, I always like to have some sort of umbrella. Yeah. So like with Cutco, it's like I had this umbrella company of a great product that would handle a lot of the back end stuff, you know, like I had to get the orders, but then they packaged them, made sure they got delivered. Then with real producers now, it's like you handle most of it as a franchise owner, but they still handle a lot of the behind the scenes. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine starting something without their help. Yeah. And also I think it'd be a breach of my franchise agreement anyway, <laughs> but, but um, they would welcome an idea if I brought it and probably let me test it. But it's almost like I always go back to what, unless I'm so it's something I'm really passionate about or mm -hmm. excited about, I'd rather go deep on what I already know and grow that as long as I'm still enjoying myself than try to do a, a different industry altogether and have to learn from scratch. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Plus, I'm assuming there's probably some more territory for real producers, right? Like, or is it completely all grabbed up? There's definitely still some open spots. I was toying between a few different options and... I'm the one that picked out this that wasn't even on their list to do the the beaches uh -huh. area. It was just one I was like, can we just kind of like draw something <laughs> there? Um, they have some already defined territories that they're trying to get filled. Um, but on, I didn't have a strong connection to any of them. And they were a lot of them were up north. And I was like, I'm definitely not going yeah. to like Rhode Island or wherever it was. Um, but what's happening now more and more is there's opportunities to buy them because there's people who start them and move on to something else Ooh. or or that fall out of compliance, which is like, you have to have a minimum, you know, revenue to even justify continuing to have oh, a wow. franchise. So if they can't get that up, then they, they can't continue, but usually it's, they're already kind of on their way out. So there are opportunities and- Is that and something some, you're looking into more? Like turning So there around are other people that I highly respect in the business, like someone who's actually close by who you may know, Kristen Brindley, who she runs DC Metro Real Producers, okay. Northern Virginia Real Producers, and she just launched Richmond Real Producers, and now she's looking at like one in Jersey and like another one in like Florida. She's she's like empire builder trying to take over the world with real producers. Uh -huh. um, 
and I love that about her and I admire it and I learn a lot from her in terms of building systems. We started almost at the same time. Um, and so it's been really cool to see her grow and, and just develop more and more territories. For me, I've been a little bit more slow and calculated. Um, this market, not to brag, but we are number one for in the country for Let's go. just total revenue for one pub. That's awesome. So my goal was like, let me see if we can maximize one. And, and more than anybody ever thought was possible before I even split my energy into two, three or four. Now I'm looking into two and I, I'm probably gonna eat my words later because I swore I'd never do a second. And here mm -hmm. we are They're like, I'm never doing more than two. But my thought is before I would wanna take over the world because part of me thinks real producers does have some sort of timeline. Um, like the way the real estate industry is as we know it, I feel like is going to shift. We may have 10 years before things have shifted so much that you know the realtor is no longer kind of the center of the transaction yeah. which then means the advertisers are less motivated to pay to network with them you know the whole model could kind of crumble but it would be a slow slow burn <laughs> um so it's not happening overnight but just as we all see the shifts happening in the industry and big tech data all that like i don't know what's going to happen but i think there's a little bit of a shelf life so i my more motivated to like you know capitalize on what i can now but not go too deep that I'm like 100% dependent on just real producers, like yeah. all my eggs in one basket. I'd rather have this second because it's almost dumb not to because uh -huh. it's like right there and there's a lot of crossover. Then do something different. I'm interested in real estate investing. It's something I know a lot of people who's involved, a lot of people you know really mm -hmm. well too, and you may even be involved in it. Um, but it's, it's something I talk a lot about, but I've never actually done anything about. Mm. So that's kind of my next thing because I'd rather diversify just so that you know i'm never at the whim of a big change affecting like my entire income yeah you know what are some of those things that you're excited to to hop into over the next you know couple of years besides real estate would you say you know like the the big thing for me is real estate investing and i think that goes back to like now that i'm in this industry it is a different type it is a different like level of the industry though because mm. you know working with realtors it doesn't necessarily have direct directly to do with investing um but i've just learned i think from being in this industry so much that there's like so much opportunity and i mean it's like i don't know is it like one of the biggest sectors of the whole like u.s economy that's like, what they say yeah like i don't know this, the actual data but there's so much opportunity here and to me it's not all eggs in one basket to do real estate investing because i think arguably you can do really well as an investor even when you know the market tanks and so it kind of like evens itself out like when if when and if you know the market shifts it will yeah. right um i think real producers it won't take a huge hit but there's gonna be people who get scared who are yeah. looking you know cutting costs is a big thing you know right right so advertising is typically one of the first things to go now i like to think we built a robust enough community that it's not considered just advertising exactly. but there are still some people who um, are gonna see it as black and white, so they may like pull back a little bit. But my goal is so that when that happens, it's like I go harder on the real estate investing and then I can kind of like juggle both. Um, but other than that, like I, I'm always just kind of looking for inspiration, like waiting to be inspired for the next passion. But right now I'm I'm kind of all in, in this space in one way or the other. That's cool. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, have you heard and like have you heard about like short term rentals and what people are doing with Airbnbs? Very interested in learning about that too. 
Okay. Because I like I when I talk about real estate investing, like the first thing that comes to mind for me is like um, you know long term rentals, you know buy and holds where you're. Burr, you have them for, yeah, yeah burr, the burr. Whole <laughs> yeah. it's like everyone yeah it's a burr, burr i know it's a burr yeah, i just reinvest it's a burr yeah. like i'm like yo chill out dude i'm not gonna buy a rental property yet. yeah exactly like so i i don't invest in real estate yet yeah um but that's a choice not a not a choice i'd like to make but yeah um I, not poking fun at burrs yeah but. yeah no but i agree but I, I i would look at all the different opportunities i just don't honestly know enough yet mm -hmm to say where I'd want to invest my energy because that may be a better use of my, or maybe it's all of it or maybe it's one. I yeah, don't know. I have no idea. I know we interviewed an agent on our team, Brant Martinez, who's the starving investor. He nice. was like a Broadway actor from New York. He was in Hamilton, Aladdin, Milan no Rouge. Way. Yeah, I found him on Indeed. He applied for a job and I like literally called him. It was insane. Oh, I think um, I saw that on your page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has a whole brand called The Starving Investor. If you guys haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. Um, but he like helps people with different Airbnb investments and like, you know, short term rentals. And that's a market that I'm pretty much interested in as well. So when you, when I heard you say real estate investing, I know there's the burr. I know there's short term investing. I know there's just buying a property, period. Um, I was curious what angle you were you were looking into. I've been asking a lot of people this as a next step. I do want to start attending things where people are that are doing it mm -hmm. because like you have probably had like kind of side conversations but i've never really plugged into it or decided to like well i did le read millionaire real estate investor but i already feel like i forgot everything in the book <laughs> so just kind of getting back in that space which in and of itself isn't going to create action but i do believe like by meeting those relationships that can motivate me to actually like take the first steps because i'll have either a mentor or someone I can work alongside and meet and have relationships. Cause right now I know some people, but not, not really that are really just focused on real estate investing, not just kind of do it on the side. Like a lot of the realtors we know. Exactly. That's, that's really interesting. You know, that you have that perspective on real estate investing and almost like how that's something different than the community that you're building, but also something that you can pull on. Like you said, um, yeah. Thank you so much for hopping on, Colleen. This you was know, fun. Th this was really fun. I don't think it'll be the last interview. I want to stay up to date with everything that the Real Producers community is doing. And Sweet. I know I'm not a realtor yet, but hopefully I'm on that top 500 list at some point. Yeah? Uh-huh. Wait, but you're, you're an active agent right now, right? I am not an active agent. Oh, you're agent. not? Yeah, I'm taking my test in like a week or two. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. That's so exciting. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure where I'll go with it yet. Quite honestly, mm -hmm. like a lot of what I do is like on the team level, um, but it would be cool to get entered into those type of networks, like the yeah. Baltimore Real Producers and whatnot. And I know Shaq won the award that one year, right? Yeah, or a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so it looks like a really awesome community. I loved hearing about what you had to say. Is there any final thoughts of anything you wanted to say, or anything you want to plug? Mm -hmm. Plug the event May eighteenth. Oh, yeah, our next event is May 18th. Um, it's a mastermind, rich agent, poor agent. It's going to be fire. I'm really mm -hmm. excited. Um, I'm interviewing my accountant, who's phenomenal, and and that's the passive learning, but we're also going to have a lot of active learning there, like I mentioned. So um, anybody listening who is a part of the community, you're welcome, but if you want, reach out, and if we have extra space, I'll accommodate people outside the community too. I'm not, I'm not opposed. I make exceptions sometimes. And then um, our big event 
is coming up June 23rd, our big summer soiree. Mm. That event that I mentioned where we had... A summer soiree. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's so awesome. It's actually the one... Shaq won the award last year. Uh-huh. Um, he won Rising Star. So we, we do awards there. We have like 10 awards. We're actually doing the nominations right now. They end Thursday. Um, the initial nominations where people just write in who they uh-huh. think should win each of the 10 categories. Then we're going to do a final with all the nominees, a final vote. But yeah, so we do like 10 awards. And that's the, that's the one that my launch party is at the Baltimore museum mm-hmm. of industry. It's there again. So it's a fifth anniversary wow. soiree and it's at the Baltimore museum of industry and you know, it'll probably be you know, around 400 people or so. <sighs> so that's our big one kind of fancy and get all dolled up and dance and eat and <laughs> just have a ball. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm excited. Where can uh, people find this information as well? The Facebook group or is there Instagram pages, anything like that yeah, that you'd like people to follow? Easiest way to keep up to date on everything is um, both Instagram and Facebook at Baltimore Real Producers, just exactly the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and we post everything we got going on. We've gotten a lot better too at kind of posting like content and event recaps and, and all the stuff. So, so yeah, check us out there. DM us. Hit me up. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Colleen. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff.